when you're young, you don't, you don't think so much about getting old, and you see your parents and your grandparents, and for some strange reason, you think in your mind that that'll never be you. <laughs> and guess what? <laughs> I was laying in bed one night, and the full realization hit me. The thing that I feared the most was, has now come upon me. I am a senior citizen. It's almost hard to say it. You know what I'm saying? Man, it's just, I don't know. It's just, not, I, I am in, in theory, I guess, but inside, you know, there's still that 12-year-old and wants to be a kid, and I've had some fun with that, but it's also caused me a lot of grief. <laughs> We should show respect to our elders. So I ask you this morning, in your life right now, I'm sure every one of us to a degree has elders. How do you treat them? I think sometimes you need to do a little self-evaluating because we all have elderly in our lives. But let me ask you this morning, how, how do you treat them? Are they invisible to you? I've got this theory in life that the older that we get, the more invisible that we become. And it's almost like you, can, you start to fade. And you really realize that when you are in a crowd of younger people and you're the only older one. It's like sometimes they look at you a little funny. Maybe that's just me. I don't know, but everybody looks funny at me, so it don't matter what age they are. But nonetheless, you know what I'm talking about. And I know with my mother-in-law, we'd go visit her. Uh, actually, we made probably a trip a week at least uh, for 16 years to go to Casey to see Opal. And I'd talk to these people that was in the nursing home with her, and they never got a visitor. And you'd talk to the staff and say, no, nobody ever comes to see them. That's inconceivable to me that nobody ever goes or ever went, went to see them. So do we as a nation... As an individual, show respect for our older, wiser generation. And here's the deal. I've always heard this about my generation, baby boomers, that there were so many of us. Men came home from World War II, and they, them and their wives, they had tons of kids, actually. <clears throat> and I've always had it explained like this, that baby boomers are like a big pig in the stomach of a python. You see the lump. You know, and we're going through. So now, some of us is getting near the tail, if that makes any sense to you. So here's this, this big group of people, and we are coming into this age, golden years. Call I don't really see, I haven't seen any gold in them yet. But nonetheless, but if it's there, I'm still looking for it. But nonetheless, this is kind of where we're at. And I, maybe it's just me, but I, I feel like that there's a lack of honor and respect that's shown to the elderly in this season we're in right now. And you understand how life, how fast life can go by. James 4, 14 makes a lot of sense to me. For what is your life? It's just a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Compared to eternity, compared to eternity our time on this earth is just boom. It's, it's, it's just like that. I don't know if some of you sports fans have heard of Jack McKeon. He's brought back to coach the Florida Marlins at age in 2011. McKeon, the second oldest manager in Major League Baseball history, returned at age 80. And he said this, why should experience get penalized? 80 doesn't mean a thing. I'm not 80. My birth certificate says that, but I'm not 80. 
McKeon went on to say that his age should have no bearing on his work with the team. He led the Marlins to their second World Series championship in 2003. And then the Florida Marlins realized that their need for 80-year-old McKeon was still there, and they brought him back to coach the team. It was like something Diane read me about a lady in her 80s, and she was explaining that she couldn't hardly get around, that she had pain and different things, but she said, you know what? Inside, I'm still a little girl. I think we fail to see that as, as we get older, that that child is still in there. It might have been beat down and repressed, but nonetheless, those... And it, it's like uh, I could tell story after story of the things that I've heard uh, from uh, people that are, uh, that are older. Rod Starling had a, had a strange mind. He's, he's kind of in the same category as uh, Stephen King to me. Some of the things that he would write, and remember the old Twilight Zone, but in the Twilight Zone, the movie, there is a great segment of that where Cat, Scatman Carruthers goes to this assistant living home, and he gives all these older people a chance to be young again, and all of them take it but one. So where this clip starts, he's asking if they want to they go back to being 80 or stay kids, and you kind of see kind of the gist of it. Let's watch. <clears throat> Would you like to see it at eight or 80? 80. All them kids had been out playing kick the can, and now they're going to go back to their old age. Yeah. Well... Always go inside and go back to bed. Maybe if you old folks had a little of that magic still left in you, you could wake up back in your old nice bodies, but with fresh young minds. Fresh young minds. Young minds. Fresh young. Kids in the beds. Good, Good evening, Miss Cox. Cox. Well, they're old now. Welcome to Sherwin, my lady. What's the guy? 
And greetings from you. What are you doing in here, you little ragamuffin? How dare you come in here at this hour of the night and frighten these people? Please. Take me with you. I want to go too. You can't come with me, Leo. I've said it before, and I'm sure maybe some of you and I've heard it. And you get just a little older, you think, man, I wish I could go back and know what I know now. But we don't get that chance, do we? We who are, have lived 60, 70, 80 years plus, we, we have some wisdom and experience that, that is in there. And not all of it is good experience. Many of you have been through more pain than uh, can be imagined, actually. And it's like those little kids in that fairy tale, kind of. Would you go back and live it over? You think about those instances that the grief was so overwhelming that you just about ripped your heart out. Would you go through that again? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. But here's the thing as we, we think about as we get older, why should experience get penalized? Sadly, it happens all the time. And if you're 50 or over and you lose your job and you go try to get another one, see how that works out for you. Because experience really, it doesn't, it doesn't count that much in this youth-oriented world. Thankfully, there are countries who take this Scripture to heart, Leviticus 19.32, which is our text this morning. Show your fear of God by standing up in the presence of elderly people and showing respect for the aged. I am the Lord. India and China, they, they hold their elders in regard. They lift them up a little bit. I, I think our nation has, has shifted to more of a youth-oriented, and don't get me wrong, we need youth, and I love the youth, and they need, because they're going to take over someday, but they can't do it at the expense of elders by being shoved aside or put on a shelf or being looked at as they are invisible. How does God view the elderly? That's beautiful, Proverbs 16, 31. Gray hair is a crown of glory. It is gained by living a godly life. The elderly, God says, are worthy of honor. Exodus 20, 12, honor your father and your mother. Leviticus 19, 32, rise up in the presence of the aged and show respect for the elderly. Job 32, 4 through 6, Elihu had waited till Job and the others had spoken because they were elder than he. Proverbs 23, 20, 22, hearken unto thy father and despise not thy mother when she is old. God says that they are a source of wisdom if they are godly. Titus 1.9, elders are to teach sound doctrine to others. In Titus 2, it talks about older women teaching younger women. 2 Timothy 1.5, Lois diligently taught Timothy. 1 Timothy 5, 5 through 10, prayer, a special ministry for women over 60. Titus 1.9, elders are to teach sound doctrine to others. Job 12.12, 12, with the ancient is wisdom and the length of days understanding. Job 32.7, days should speak in multitude of years teaches wisdom. 
In 1 Kings 12, you see King Rehoboam taking over uh, his nation and his mistake in not following the advice of the old man. He took the younger men's advice and it drew him away from God. Here, here's examples of God working with the elderly. There are tons of them. Daniel received two of his greatest revelations between the ages of 85 and 90. The Apostle John received the revelation on the book of, or on the Isle of Patmos in his 80s or 90s. Samuel, aged and gray-headed, prayed that the Lord performed a miracle to punish the errant Israelites. Anna, a prophetess, Luke 2, 36 through 38, 84 years old, served God with fasting and prayer. Paul led Onesimus to Christ, Acts 28. He witnessed all who came to visit and wrote many letters. Aaron and Moses, Exodus 7. God used Aaron and Moses at the age of 80 and 83 when they spoke to Pharaoh. Joshua and Caleb. Joshua was given the chance, charge of leading that conquest of Canaan during the last 30 years of his life, and he lived to be 110. Jo- jo- Joshua 24, 29, Caleb was also very much involved in the conquest, and he was in his 80s. Noah, Genesis 7, was 600 years old when the flood waters came on the earth. Sarah, age 90, laughed at God when she, he, she was told she would have a child in Genesis 18. Elizabeth in Luke 1 has a child, which is John the Baptist in her old age. And there are many more examples of how God used people in their so-called golden years to serve him. Now that we know how God uses and looks at the elderly, how should we treat our elderly? We should care for the elderly. Look how God cares for the elderly. Isaiah 46, 4, even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he, I am he who sustains you. 1 Timothy 5, 1 through 8 mentions taking care of of the elderly, not to rebuke an older man, but treat him as a father. Honor widows. If they have children or grandchildren, they are to care for them. It's our religious duty to care for our own family, to provide for our relatives or not. If we don't, we've disowned the faith. And I I say bless you for those of you that do that, that take time out of your life to interject your love and care into somebody that's older than you, whether it's your parent or whatever, grandparent perhaps, Genesis 42 through 50 shows Joseph's example, how he was down in Egypt and there was a famine in the land of Israel. He sent Benjamin to bring Jacob down to play with his grandkids and be there till he died. And his promise to his grandfather was, or his father, that when he died, he'd take him back and bury him in the land of Israel, which he did. We need to show respect for the elderly. Rise in the presence of the aged, show respect for the elderly, and revere your God, I am the Lord. How do you do that? I think you can do it in different ways. Well, listening to him, maybe opening the door. I read an article in Reader's Digest a few years ago that was kind of eye-opening for me. There was an attractive woman between the ages of 25 or 30 that dressed really kind of provocative in a sense and went out in public and men were running over themselves to open the door for her to help her with this, help her with that. So she put one of those body suits on and made herself to look like she was about 80. She said them same people would run over. There wasn't any opening the door or helping her or anything. It, it, it just made a, whole, it, it made a whole difference in the way that she was treated, which I think is bizarre, actually. Taking time to get to know our elderly as we ask for advice and maybe even listen to their advice. And still trying to interject in their lives how precious they are and how important they are to you. You can ask them all kinds of questions. And I know that 
and another thing that, that a lot of times you get into when you start ministering to those people that there's a lot of pain in their life, and sometimes the, the scab will get knocked off, and it'll start to bleed again, but they, they need to recall those stories. Another thing that I found really interesting in dealing with people and older folks, when they get down toward the end, they want to talk about the exit. They want somebody to sit down and explain death to them. They want to know what, what, they, what, what you think it's going to be like and all the elements that surrounds that. A lot of times families don't want to talk about that because you don't want to think about that time it, because you're going to miss them and, and whatever. But, man, it's amazing the stories and things that come out when you get to that point in their life. You ask them about their childhood, about their past. It's, I have heard some amazing, amazing stories. Cleotis Hamilton, it's not, she doesn't get to come hardly. Uh, Carson, he's a um, great-grandson. Is that right? Is that right? Her grandson, he's great. But anyhow, I was talking to her one day, and she went to college over in western Illinois. And she became friends with an African-American girl who was the, uh, the daughter, I think, of the cook, one of the cooks. And this girl wasn't allowed to attend classes there because she was black. Cleotus marched in the dean's office and got in his face. They said, what kind of stinking school is this? That you've got this young lady that's my age, the desires and education. Well, he said, we, we don't let blacks go to school here. Well, what finally happened in her, with her persistence, they wouldn't let this girl sit in class, but they, the professors tutored her by herself, but she got a college education to me, that was the start of the civil rights movement in that part of the world, in that college. You know, we don't know stuff like this. Amazing, important stuff. I had a friend by the name of Frankie Bunton. He went out west and was a cowboy and worked in uh, railroad shops and whatever. Went to uh, barber school in Los Angeles. Went back to Green River, Utah. Was in a six-chair barber shop. And Will Rogers came in. I don't know if... Maybe some of you, probably a lot of you don't know who that was, but this, this guy was an amazing man on the radio. And what he said, he, uh, Frankie said, I didn't get to cut his hair, but he said when he was in there, this guy was really funny. He had everybody in stitches. And what he said, he said, you know what? He said, he was talking about gold. He said, we got all kinds of gold in Oklahoma. We didn't know it was good for anything. I mean, Frankie said just one story after the next. Don Castleberry, a friend of mine, World War II fighter pilot, Got shot down by the Germans, parachuted out, was in this field. A little German, like a four-passenger plane, landed. Nazis in it. They loaded him up and took off and crashed. Didn't kill him. Then a half-track come to get him, and that half-track ran off a bridge going into town. So that was his experience. for that. In one day, three wrecks, and then he ended up spending the rest of the war in a stalag, if you know anything about World War II. It's amazing, amazing stories. My father-in-law, Everett Bolin. He did depression, told stories about selling papers on Wabash as his kid trying to make ends meet and giving the money to the family to survive. And he talked a lot about hobo camps. That they, there were huge hobo camps in Terre Haute that these people would ride the railroad. And he would talk to some of those guys, and he said that they would come up and beat on the door, and their, his mom would feed them and stuff. And then uh, my mother-in-law, Opal, uh, John Dillinger, gave her money as a kid in 12 points in Terre Haute. It was just, just stuff like that. It is, it's amazing to me. 
My dad, uh, he talked about hopping a train and going to the World's Fair and what the experience was like. He was a track star in a sense. He got fourth in the state in Illinois in the 440 when he was in high school, and he won the state of Illinois' judging contest when he was in high school judging livestock. Colleen Headley's mom, Mary Rachel Rega Collins, joined the nurses' corps uh, in her, her and her younger sister right after World War II started. She was going to train for classical piano prior to the war. She was a nurse, but Colleen said when she went to Germany and Europe with a group at the end of the war to rebuild Europe, they mixed cement and hammered nails. She had pictures of her experience over there, uh, some of the things that, that she saw post-war going into Germany and Auschwitz and uh, not Auschwitz, but um, Dachau and stuff like that. And uh, Colleen thought that she went with a church group. Stories like that are around us all the time, and they need to be told, and we need to hear them. It's like my grandma, and I'm sure it's like this in your family, had a huge box of pictures. I don't have a clue who they are. If you don't write on the back of those pictures, they's coming after you won't have a clue who they are. The Scripture tells us that young mothers should seek the advice of older women who've been there and raised their own kids. It's the same way with young men to seek knowledge from older men in the church. I think the older generation should never be made to feel that they are thrown away and forgotten. Even in Sullivan, in the nursing homes, there are some interesting people there. That We just see them as old people in a nursing home, but they have lived before us and have had incredible experiences that we need to take the time to listen to, a wealth of wisdom. You know, just because we might walk a little slower, rise up a little slower, does not mean that uh, somebody's useless. Just because we have more aches and pains does not count as useless. It grieves me sometimes to see how the younger people look at some of us older ones who have walked down that road before. You realize that age should carry only one promise and one only. That when we are old, that we'll receive the respect, the dignity, and honor that is due us. That someone will care and want to return the love and care that was given so long ago to others. It is the golden rule, in effect. They just want to be treated with respect. And here is a wild story from 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 23 and 24. Elisha left Jericho and went up to Bethel. As he was walking along the road, a group of boys from the town began mocking and making fun of him. Go away, you bald head, they chanted. Go away, you bald head. Elisha turned around and looked at them, and he cursed them in the name of the Lord. And then two bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of them. Is that not a wild story? You never know what you're going to read in the Scripture. In this present day, I look for something equivalent, and I found this clip from Secondhand Lions. It shows us about respect for the elderly. You'll enjoy this. Let's watch. Brother, someday you're going to have to start acting your age. Tell that me. All your life, you've never been frightened of anything. So what's eating at you now? Getting old? Dying? Hell no. What then? Being useless. When we were young, there was always a reason, there was a point. Things made sense. Now there's no point to anything. So what do we do? We garden. 
We outlived our time, brother. perfect example of what I've been talking about. He's been given everything but discipline. And now his idea of courage and manhood is to get together with a bunch of punk friends and ride around irritating folks too good-natured to put a stop to it. <laughs> hey, who do you think you are, huh? Just dumb kids, huh? Don't kill him. Right. <laughs> Hug McCann. I fought in two world wars and countless smaller ones on three continents. I led thousands of men into battle with everything from horses and swords to artillery and tanks. I've seen the headwaters of the Nile and tribes of natives no white man had ever seen before. I've won and lost a dozen fortunes, killed many men, and loved only one woman with a passion a flea like you could never begin to understand. That's who I am. Now go home, boy. Show these old bastards who's tough. Get out your knife. Yeah. Now, boys, you're fixing to let those teenage hormones get you into the world of trouble. Damn it, Garth, did I ask you to butt in? Well, you just come out of the hospital. Well, hey, there's, uh, there's only four of them. Yeah, but, well, look, look, you fight this one first, yeah. and then I'll let you fight the other three after, okay? Yeah. Okay. Watch this, kid. Now, you. You better pick that knife up, because, son, <laughs> you're going to need all the help you can get. <laughs> Come on, Frankie. Get him, Frankie. Cut him. Frankie. Get, him, Frankie. Frankie. get him, Get him, Frankie. Cut him. <laughs> Shoot. All this trick in the book. <laughs> OK. You hold it wrong, son. Not like this. You always do it like this, smooth. All right? Try it again. Come on, Frankie. Come on, Frankie. Get him. Come on. Three better get in there and help. Always hogs the bad guy. He's selfish that way. But there's four of them. takes them all out to the farm and gives them steaks to put on their busted eyes and gives them the talk of life. Oh, well, uh, that's, that's a great clip. I think we need to be a people uh, who rise up and respect the older generation. 
And here's the thing about if you're younger than, and the way that you treat other people when they get to this age in life, just remember you're going to be here someday. And uh, what goes around comes around. How you treat others is maybe how you should want to be treated yourself. And if you are a senior citizen, I don't think we should feel entitled that we have, it was owed to us and we have it coming. I I don't think that's the attitude either. I think the attitude is what we still have to offer. Even if you can't get out of your chair, all the hours that you spend awake in a day to put that into prayer. A a quality of the church that I think is, is lacking to a degree. All the hours and the time that you could pray for your family, for your church, and and on and on. There's always something to do until God stops our heart, regardless of what that is. The community and the church needs you in a big way. Psalm 92, 13 and 14 says, They shall bring forth fruit in their old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. As Jack McKeon said, why should experience get penalized? You know, just because we walk a little slower... Our hair's a little more gray. There's still a wealth of wisdom up there. Behind all those aches and pains as a result of walking a life journey is a hidden wealth of experience and knowledge, and we should not ignore it. Leviticus 19.32, show your fear of God by standing up in the presence of elderly people and showing respect for the aged. I am the Lord if you're under 65, would you stand with right now? If you're over 65, stay seated. I want you to give these people a hand. Lord, Lord, we love you, and I do thank you for all the wisdom that I have gleaned from people older than me and the incredible experiences that they've had in life, that experiences that I've learned from. So right now, Father, I, I pray for our elderly, whether they're here or shut-ins. And I pray, Holy Spirit, at this exact moment that you might encourage them and just go to them, Holy Spirit, and let them know how important they are, that we've not pushed them aside, but they're still viable to the kingdom and to you and to us. Help us to be aware of that today. If we have elderly in our life, may we honor them in some way today. Thank you for these folks, Lord, and thank you for the body of Christ. We ask all these things in the name of Christ. Amen.